chapter 9 verse 35 how the compassion of Jesus is fulfilled in the local church now I'm going to go to a little some some technical information but I realize that everybody here does not understand uh, where the local church came from uh, what makes the local church function uh, is the local church optional for a Christian or is it is it something that God has put for us as a necessity. And I think I'll clear those things up by the time I'm finished and show you how the compassion of the Lord Jesus uh, was ultimately transmitted to as a ministry and purpose of the local church. And that has been going on now almost 2,000 years. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. True faith healing does not pick a, a, a holy select group of people to heal. If, you got, if God's there, everybody gets healed. Everybody gets, and even the dead raised. I mean, come on. Let's, let's, and the, the things, Jesus' healing is so different than what some of these people claim today because Jesus' healing was, was undeniable was obvious. Like if somebody doesn't have eyes and was born without eyes and he puts eyes in there and he can see, I mean, that's, I'd call that a miracle. What would you call that? When somebody's been lamed and, 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 uh, they're, they're, and then those things become straightened and it's, and it's absolutely a known fact in a small village that this person was born lame and now he can move around, jump around, uh, uh, that's undeniable. But what we find today is a lot of invisible, internal things that cannot be proven or, and are not well documented. And consequently, a lot of falseness comes out of that. But I love the healing of Jesus, man. I'm for it. The Bible says he healeth all our diseases. He forgives all our, our iniquities. And you wouldn't be here today if he didn't want you to be. And so the healing of God in some respect has been in every one of us or we wouldn't be here. And so he went about and he healed the sick, he, 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 the diseased, he preached the gospel. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. Why? Because of three things. They fainted, they were scattered abroad, and they had no leadership. They had no shepherd. And then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous. But the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers unto his harvest. Now, through the years I've heard these last two, verse 37, 38, preached on over and over. That will not be really the essence of my message today, though I love them. Have you ever wondered what moved Jesus to sympathy? Well, in this passage, we see what it was. But during my years of meeting with people and going door to door, 
I have run into quite a few different individuals and interesting things. I've learned a lot about people. Uh, I believe Jesus expresses his care for people through the local church. Now, what is a church? It's an assembly, right? Our name, gospel. Gospel means the good news. That Jesus Christ died for your sins, was buried and rose again the third day. Baptist means after you get saved, you get baptized like we did this morning. Church means an assembly of people. So the name says a lot about who and what we are. And in my years of going door to door, I meet people that do not believe that the local church is important. Uh, they'll, They'll tell me, well, I'm part of the universal church. I don't really need the local church. I've had them say, I worship God, preacher, in my own way. I like to go to the woods. I like the woods. I, I love the woods. Uh, I like to go to the ocean. I love the ocean. I like to go, you know, this place or that place, and I just feel so close to God there. Well, I hate to tell you this, but salvation in the Bible is not based on your feelings. You can feel something and be dead wrong. Have you ever heard the song, It, it Can't Be Wrong Because It Feels So Right? How many heard that? That was Pat Boone's daughter. I remember Pat Boone. Pat, Pat who, preacher? Pat who? It can't be wrong. It, 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 it's, it, it feels so right it can't be wrong, or either way you want to word it. That's just so, that's so wrong. That whole, that's just, that's just not right. Not, not going to help you. I hope you're not run on your feelings this morning. In fact, if you were, you probably wouldn't be here. Sometimes it's hard to get up in the morning. We don't feel good, and you run on your feelings, but you get up for work on Monday, amen? Amen? I wish when they changed the time, they'd change it on Monday. Whoever came up with the idea, you know it was some heathen came up with the idea to change the time on Sunday. You know that. And you know it was some heathen to have the Super Bowl on Sunday. You don't think all that's accidental, do you? The God of this world makes that kind of stuff happen, and his people, uh, because he doesn't like what we're doing. And the more he doesn't like what we're doing, it makes me feel like we're doing the right thing. I've had people, as I go door to door, say, Preacher, I can be a Christian without the local church. And I tell them, well, I disagree with you. I don't believe you can be a good Christian. I believe you can be saved. But you're never going to be a good Christian. Get this real, real good. You're never going to be a good Christian without being deeply involved in God's local church. You say, but I've met a bunch of hypocrites in the local church. I know. We're all saved hypocrites. If the church was perfect and you came in, it wouldn't be anymore. My wife worked at banking for 44 years, and I can tell you she used to warn me about $100 bills being counterfeit. Very, very good counterfeits. And I, got, I sold some for $3,000. The guy came and paid in 30 $100 bills. I had her there. And I said, Kathy, I make sure these are real. And she went like this. Never looked at them. She said, they're all good. Because she had been so used to, to handling the real that she could detect the faults. And that's what we need to be. We need to be so involved and living for Jesus and the Word of God and have it so inundated and immersed in our system 
that when we hear something false, we go bing, 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 bing. And so just because, by the way, that there are false and fake $100 bills does not mean I don't use them. I still use them. Not a lot, but I still use them. But the Jesus Christ established this, what we are doing here this morning. He said, I will build my church. Now, Matthew 16, 18, I quote often to him. Now, he knows he's by. Hey, he wrote the Bible. The Holy Spirit wrote the Bible, right? So I like to pray it back to him. Lord Jesus, you died, gave your blood, was resurrected. All you went through for the local church. Lord, you said you would build the local church. Build the local church. Come and build us. Why? So we can get your name out there better. So that we can help the people that get saved to grow better. So that we can provide an atmosphere for people as a born-again Christian to grow. He said that the church was more than just a place to meet. It's a, it's a system of discipline. Oh, oh, this is one of my favorites. We all need discipline. Boy, some of you old people haven't been told no for so long, you almost forgot what it, what it was. And you. We need discipline. We need guidelines. We need structure. Have you ever sung a song, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Do you believe that's true? I know it's true. I thank God for pastors that I grew up under that helped me and, and deacons that I grew up under that helped me in the local church who helped me continue not to go off to the right or go off to the left and get out of, get out of balance or become, make me aware of false teaching. Jesus said he is the head of the body of the church. That's you and me. We're part of his body, and he's the head of it. The word church appears some 20 times in the book of Acts alone. I don't know about you, but if, something, if my mom told me something twice, it was, it was, it was super important. If, she, if my dad told me something three times, it better happen. And rarely did I get told three times. They didn't believe in what I call the three-warning system. They believed first time was your warning, second time was your whipping. Have you ever, if you people have dogs, if you train a dog that he, he's, he really don't need to come to the third time you call him, then he'll come the third time you call him, right? But if you train him the first time you call him, you come or you don't get the little candy or you don't get the little treat, you miss out, then he'll come the first time. I think we're just about that simple. I think, brother, the local church has a system of discipline. And it's found in Matthew chapter 18. Verse 15 through 17, I'm not going to go over it. But Jesus said he, he created that. Um, the Holy Spirit is the head of the, over the church. By the way, take your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. What a verse this is. 1 Timothy 3, 15. It's a kind of a teaching sermon at the beginning, and then I'll put some application to this at the end. 1 Timothy 3, 15 says, But if I tarry... Thou may, thou mayest know that how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. Now, folks, I, I don't know, that, that sobers me up on that, right? The pillar, this body of believers here in Bonita Springs, this, this expression 
called the local church here, is the pillar, that's the support, and the ground is the very basis or foundation of the ministry of the Holy Spirit to this world. The church, as you and me, we're called out ones, a group meeting together. So a church is much more than just a group of believers meeting. Uh, the New Testament says that we have some specific offices uh, within that group. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11, it says, He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors, teachers. For the, why? For the perfecting of the saints, for the maturing of the saints, the perfecting of them, for the work of the ministry, opportunities to serve, for the edifying of the body of Christ so that the whole of us would be effective. Why? When? Till we all come in the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. In other words, until Jesus bring, calls us home and we get a redemption in our new body, we're to be part of the local church and to be part of the system of God to grow us. And that's what this is about. God gives two offices, two offices for the local church. He gives the office of called four different names, elder, uh, pastor, uh, bishop, uh, and shepherd. That's, I have four different titles. And, but what bishop is the title means to, well, let me read it, First Timothy 3, 1, and true saying, if a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good word. The word bishop is the word episcopa, episcopo. That's where you get the word episcopa. Paleon, they get there's the, that's where they got that word from the Greek. It means to superintend or to walk guard. So God sets up a, a superintendent that he calls into his ministry. That's the pastor. That's uh, considered the elder or considered the, he doesn't have to be older than everybody to be the elder, but as that, and he could be considered the shepherd of that group. Another office of the church is a deacon. Some of you may wonder about deacons. We have a wonderful board of deacons here at the church. 1 Timothy 3.10 says, let, us, let them also be first proved, and let them use the office of a deacon, the office of a deacon, that's the second one, and being found blameless. The word deacon is the, the con, uh, I'm going to try to pronounce this right, diaconeo. It simply means to serve. What's a deacon do? He serves the local church. He helps the pastor. He encourages the pastor as he superintends the ministry. And it has oversight of the spiritual part of the ministry. The deacons have oversight about the uh, physical part and the decision, a lot of the, the joint wisdom together with the pastors. Tremendous important. I would not want to go to a church without deacons. Some of you may be members of church without deacons. Brother, the, we do not have the authority to do away with deacons because God put them in the Bible. He wants deacons. And so there's only two offices mentioned. Some people, the Presbyterians, want to have a third office, but it's not mentioned in the Bible. And so we don't do it. So we have, let's say, bishop and the deacons. These offices were for the organization and implementation of God's church on this earth. Now you say, what in the world and where are you going with all this? Well, I laid the groundwork with you for the passage that I read with you because there was a reason why Jesus had compassion on these people. It's because they didn't have a local church. Yeah. You say, preacher, really? That's right. I'll tell you. I'll show you why. Jesus cared about these people. Let's start. How about we start at the beginning? 
Jesus cared about these people. He had compassion on them, the Bible says, because they were hurting and they were in need. And he went about the cities and villages, teaching synagogues, preaching the king, gospel of the king, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Now, I believe the function of the local church is to seek out lost people also, to seek out hurting people, to seek out uh, people in need. I know that every person that's unsaved is a person in need. Do you know that to be true? Amen. Man, before I got saved, was I messed up. But God saved me and has given me direction and purpose in life. And man, it just couldn't be better, to be honest with you. Even in the suffering, and I've suffered a lot of pain through the years. I've suffered my share of pain. And I can tell you that in the worst of my pain, Jesus is there for you. And it's still good. Uh, because you, you know there's a day there'll be no more pain. And that hope keeps you going. That hope, but as you put your one foot in front of the other. And some of you may be here this morning with just, you don't know how you're going to make it tomorrow, but you're going to make it because you're going to trust God and you're just going to put one foot in front of the other. And then tomorrow will go by and Tuesday will go by and Wednesday will go by. And by the grace of God, eventually God will relieve you and ultimately release you from the sufferings of this present time. Woo, that's going to be good. But he saw these folks in verse 36 when he was moved with compassion, why? Because they had no local church. They fainted, they were scattered, and they had no leadership. They were disorganized in disunity. They had very little to no impact, and they had no leadership. And you know what's been said, and you've heard this before, everything rises and falls on leadership. I believe that to be true. I believe that's where it's so important that when you get a pastor, that he's a legitimate guy that he is an honest individual. And the Bible even says above reproach that his business dealings, he pays his bills, his finances are right, uh, his marriage is good. It's not a facade, it's not a show, even though his wife leaves him once in a while. Just for vacation. That is to vacate from him so she can, never mind. The Lord wants to help us to be organized, to be unified. He wants to focus us and then to feed us. That's just what's going on here this morning through the preaching of the word. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Are you, are you one that believe? Well, being saved is not just a one-time act of being born from above. It's a process of sanctification. I'm, I was saved, but I'm being saved, ultimately sanctified, as it were, to be presented before him someday. And this group of people, this body of believers with, with, with a superintendent, if I may call the pastor that, or if I call him a manager, if you call him a God-called manager, and a group of deacons that are, that are appointed by the church and approved by the church and inspected by the church and, and made accountable by the church, these people put together with the people who come as members of the body of, of the local church are a potent, powerful force for good in this world. And God wants this place to be a place to launch us out into the world. Now, you see those pictures back on the wall there in the foyer. They wouldn't be there if we wouldn't be organized together. They wouldn't be there. Over 100 missionaries. 
Uh, a couple hundred thousand dollars a year we give the missions. That wouldn't have happened unless you put your hand with my hand and I put my pocketbook with your pocketbook and I put my tithe and offerings with your tithe and offerings and we can do great and mighty things. That gym back there that was built that we used almost, we used six days a week would not have happened individually. But when people put their hands together, they can, they can do great and mighty things, which we know not. You can reach. You can have T-shirts Sunday. That's big. You can run five, six buses. Keep them repaired. Buy new ones when we need to. Wow. You can, together, unified, organized, focused, we can launch out into the world. For what? To tell them about Jesus Christ, that there's a better way. That they can be saved. Their sins can be forgiven. They can be washed white as snow, no matter how bad they've been. No matter what they've done, if they're willing to repent and turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm interested in the Bible where it shows, uh, most of you remember the feeding of the 5,000 and feeding of the 4,000. I believe Jesus did that to try to develop his disciples uh, on what was coming down the road after he left and the local church was established. Both feedings, if I want to call them that, the 5,000, 4,000, were started out by Jesus being moved with compassion. The local church should be a place of compassion. We should be moved with compassion, and so we do the bus ministry. We should be moved with compassion, so we do a missions program. We should be moved with compassion, so we go to the nursing home of them poor souls that are on the verge of going to eternity. We should be moved with compassion. So we ask the bus parents to come and give them, a, give them a feast fit for a king. We should be moved with compassion so that on Sunday we encourage one another. When somebody's sick or somebody's down, we encourage them. We should be moved. And everything we do is because, like Christ, we are moved with compassion. He fed the 5,000. He fed the 4,000 before both. He was moved with compassion. You say, Brother Bill, I don't have a whole lot of compassion. Ask for it. That's just too simple. I don't have much more. I've had married people come to me and say, I don't love my wife anymore. I say, start praying that God gives you love for your wife. They have a hard time that first prayer. Because, see, they're bitter. And, and, and by the way, maybe rightfully so. I know, I know that sounds crazy. But bitterness always has good reasons. You know, she doesn't do the laundry. She doesn't do the dishes. She don't pick the house up. I work all day. I don't know what she does all day, but I come home. The food's not ready. The, and when she does cook, it's not fit to eat. And <laughs> I'm not making this up. And she never does her hair. She don't put any makeup on anymore. She doesn't care what she looks like. She's gained another 100 pounds. And Oh, truth's hard to take, isn't it? And you know, preacher, and so they come bitter. I say, oh, brother, did you say for better or for worse? He said, I did. I said, this is worse. <laughs> I said, do you keep your word? I do. Through sickness and health, the rich or poor to death to his part. You mean there's no way out? Nope. What am I going to do, preacher? How about I ask God 
to give you a love for this no good woman you got. I am such the marriage counselor, I'll tell you. I should write a book on this. How to fall in love with your no good woman. I could do it one for women. And the women said, How to fall in love for that no good bum. With the women I hear, and it won't work. It won't support us. Pray that you have some love for him. Pray you have it. You know, I think, I think we receive not because we ask not. It's that simple. I, have, I got marriages. I'm not going to mention them. That have, that have been that way, and they've come to me, and I said, begin to pray that you love your wife. And you know what? It's less than a year usually that they've come back, and in front of me, in front of her, they'll say, I love this woman, and begin to get teared up. I'm like, what? Is this the same guy? No, I don't do that. But I'm doing that inside. I'm sitting there looking real distinguished. Thinking, what in the world? Is this the same guy doing this? I had a woman come to me and said, I hate this man. This is with him sitting there. I'm glad she didn't have a gun. But, I mean, I hate him, I hate him, I hate everything about him, I hate the way he eats. And she went in a description of the way he ate in Canopper or something, and I, I, I began to not like him myself. And, and uh, I'm not trying to make you laugh, I'm just telling you the truth. And, and they were, you know, I just told her, I said, you got to begin to pray that you love the you got to ask God. And, you know, a year later, about a year later, they came in my office, and she with tears said, I just love him. And I just went, are you kidding me? There is a God. He does answer prayer. We don't have enough faith of a grain of a mustard seed to ask him. He said, with me, nothing's impossible. Oh, preacher, it's impossible. Don't say it. With God, all things are possible. We should pray the Lord of the harvest send forth laborers. The local church is a vehicle to make the laborers effective. What good's it do to you to invite somebody? Okay, let's say you didn't come to the local church. You weren't part of a local church to preach the gospel. Where are you going to invite people that get saved? What are you going to do to your neighbor when they get saved? You're going to say, come over to the house every Sunday and we'll have a little service? You could. The local church is God's vehicle to express his compassion and to give us an opportunity to grow to the place we can be effective. Listen, I don't want to spin my wheels. I want to have some effect in this world. I want to see some people go to heaven because I lived and moved and had my being. He said these, 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 uh, they have no shepherd. They wander about with no leadership. They got no shepherd. 
It's a local church. Is what Jesus uses to reach those that he has compassion on. And that's why we should, as a, as a Christian, a born-again Christian that's right with God, I don't see how you can be on the outs with a local church. Now, like I said before, the preacher's not perfect, the deacons aren't perfect, and guess what? You're not perfect either. But then we need to be real and honest and legitimate, and when we, when we fail to admit it, confess it. The Bible says confess your faults one to another. I don't mind telling you my faults. I would rather tell you my wife's faults, but I don't mind telling you my faults. We need to support the local church with our presence, our prayers, and our pocketbook. It's not all about money, no, but money's part of the deal. So you want to, next, you want to get next to Jesus' heart? Join forces with us in reaching and strengthening Christians who he died for. Join hands together to drop our petty differences and work together. I don't have to agree 100% with anything to work with. Are you with me on that? Somebody, I came to church, and, and, and it's, they walked right by me and never said a word. It's Jesus' church. It's not their church. you with me by that? I'm not going to let you offend me away from Jesus' church. Oh, that's good preaching, man. I'm not going to let you offend me away from the local church, which he died for and gave himself for. You're not going to offend me away from it. And we may have to go duke it out out there. But after we're done, well, like when I was a kid, we used to fight like, like dogs, and then we'd go shake hands afterwards and say, okay, we're good. I may get in a row with you, but it's not going to be terminal. It's we're going to get right about it. Why? Because the cause. The cause is too great not to be part of God's local church. We need to join financially forces to reach the entire world through mission program. Why? Because Jesus was moved with compassion. And he was giving them an example of what the local church was going to do and going to be. It was going to be his vehicle and the vehicle to demonstrate the compassion of the Lord Jesus Christ. Man, I'm all for the local church. I know local churches go crazy. Sometimes the bishop will go crazy. and I call him the superintendent, the manager, the pastor. He'll go crazy, and sometimes you've got to get rid of him and get another one. Sometimes a deacon will go crazy. I've known some crazy deacon. And you have to get rid of them. You have to, they can't be in deacons anymore. Sometimes members go crazy. And those members can't be, you know, we can't allow anybody to come in here and disrupt this service. Can't do it. But the, but the point of it is, you don't quit the local church, which is Jesus, and his body, which he is the head of, because of bad people. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. How many people are out there this morning they don't darken the door of any local church because somehow they got offended by the people that attended the local church. Now think about that. That's like shooting yourself in the foot, which isn't a good idea. Father, help us this morning. Give us wisdom from above. An unusual message, Father, but I pray that you just use it. 
that the compassion that you showed on those people, we would have. That we would have the same reasons uh, that, that you had that compassion uh, that we would be able to have here. Father, we pray that the power of God may come. There will be one in this group that doesn't know Christ that they could be saved. Oh, man, invitation time. They make it known to us or after the invitation time. Invitation doesn't stop with the music. You may be here as a Christian, and you've been kind of waffling for some reason or another. And by the way, the devil doesn't, make, doesn't care what reason he gives you to quit the local church. He just wants you to quit it. Why does he want you to quit it? Because he knows the power of a unified local church. The power against the kingdom of darkness. Father, help us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. Two verses. Just If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.